writers, agents, and publishers, for the first time since the Gutenberg Press, find themselves lost in a maze of mystery as technology alters the shape of the publishing industry. Searching for Answers is a group of writers throwing pop culture, writing, and publishing into a crucible of clarity, passion, and humor. This group is the Right Pack. In this episode of Right Pack Radio, the Right Pack is going to celebrate author Jack London and talk about writing adventure. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Right Pack Radio. This is your host and producer, David Allen Lucas, <sighs> refining his writing voice right now. Um, you might have seen the announcement on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and every place else. I, I have hung up my voice acting for now, and it is for now. I like to get back into it, but I've been pulled into multiple different directions, and something had to get cut. And when I plan to do 10,000 words in a week, and I barely get time to write 2,000, there's a sign, time is an issue. So, anyway, also along that time, along that, you should be able to check out our brand new website, www.writepackradiopodcastnetwork.com. Yes, I know, that's long. <laughs> On there, you're able to get to all of our audios. Um, you will see that Right Pack Radio, you see something that says historic. That right now is where all of our audio podcasts are. We will be changing servers in a couple of months, so that's why that's set up that way. You'll also find our videos as well as the um, new show, which is Excelsior Journeys. By George, with George Soroy. You'll see his stuff up there. And if you go to the About Us, you will see the pictures that you always see in the videos of the Right Pack. You can click on any of the pictures. Those that actually have websites or Amazon pages, you'll be able to click and go straight to them and learn more about those authors. So, with that, who's with me today? Well, I am going to start with my lovely wife. Hi, I'm Melanie Lucas, and right now, this is airing in November, right? Late October, early November, somewhere in there. Oh, okay. Well, this is November. I'm in the midst of working for NaNoWriMo. I really am, and I'm writing up a storm. Really? We're going to hold you to it. Yeah, okay. And also with me today is the the Mistress of Mayhem and Murder. Fedora Amos. I write Victorian whodunits, like Jack the Ripper in St. Louis, and Mayhem at Buffalo Bill's Wild West. Gummy Sue from Five Star Cengage is Have Your Ticket Punched by Frank James, and I am president of Greater St. Louis Sisters in Crime. And we are holding a NaNoWriMo night at the Kirkwood Public Library on November the 28th. What day of the week is that? Just That's a person. Wednesday, if anybody would like well, to come. I might, you actually, can. might be able to. We'll see. Okay. And by the way, I forgot to mention, I'm president of St. Louis Writers Guild, and St. Louis Writers Guild will be doing something for NaNoWriMo as well. We just haven't announced everything yet, so I can't say Probably it now. Probably have by the time this airs. Right. Yes, check the website and Facebook group. And also with me today is the illustrator master herself. <laughs> um, my name is Jennifer Stolzer. I'm a children's book author and illustrator. As uh, as we speak today, I am preparing um, promotional materials for my 
fantasy book Threadcaster and its new, we'll call it a quasi-sequel, it's a companion novel um, called The Curses, Short Stories from the World of Threadcaster. You can find those along with my picture books on Amazon. Exactly. And also, and by the way, remember, you guys go to rightpackradio.podcastnetwork.com and click on all these pictures, people's pictures, and you can go straight to their websites for these. And speaking of that, I guess I will hit up Mr. Um, Sky Admiral Pirate attacking the Ottoman Empire at this time. No, go ahead, please. Yeah, I don't attack the Ottoman Empire. That's what I miss, actually. Uh, yeah, I am Brad R. Cook. I am the author of uh, The Iron Horseman and The Iron Chronicles, uh, which is uh, that awesome trilogy. And then there is also the Eridanium Adventures are out there, as well as a bunch of short stories by the time this airs, hopefully more short stories. Uh, if you want to know more about what I am up to, check out bradrcook.com, and it all is there. Excellent. And finally, with us today is the master of fantasy, trombones, and snakes himself. Is he out there? Hello, Ryan. Did you yeah, this is Ryan. <laughs> uh, but it's not coming out. Uh, I will have um, a book signing and make three books uh, for um, an illustrated edition of a trombone amongst this. Of course, the lovely lady that was sold there has so kindly done for me. Hey, oh. Uh, so I- Ryan, you're yeah, fa- Ryan, you're fading out on us there, quite a bit. Uh, um, where, where were you? Yeah, that's better. Where are your um, events at? My my book signings are at Quincy Books uh, on Black Friday, as well as early in November. I have another book signing at Main Street Books in St. Charles. If you want to find out more about me, you can go to ryanbfran.com. Excellent. And today we're going to talk about writing adventure, and I believe this episode is airing in November, as I screwed up the schedule, which is quite possible by now. Um... We are celebrating the life of Jack London, and he died in November. Not recently, people. <laughs> so, let's talk a little bit first about Jack London himself. Who was Jack London, and why should we care? <laughs> I know, I'm cold-blooded. Go for it. What's Brad's? What's well, Brad? You want Brad, Brad to take where it? are you? Where well, are you with your phone, Brad? Brad, we lost Brad, so I'll go ahead and share it. (laughs) Uh, Jack London, who was actually born John Griffin uh, Cheney, was an American novelist, journalist, and social activist. He was a pioneer in the world of commercial magazine pop fiction. He was one of the first writers to become a worldwide celebrity and earn a large fortune from writing. I love you. I want that life. No, um... (laughs) Well, it wasn't uh, easy for him to get. It yeah, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. He was also an innovator of a genre that would later become known as science fiction, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I have never read, at least not knowingly, read a science fiction story by Jack London. Um, one of his stories, which is To Build a Fire, I know was written twice. Uh, two versions. I'm not talking about his rewrites. Uh, there are two versions of that story. One in which 
The character does survive. He has frostbite, and I th- I don't remember if he has had stuff amputated or not. The other one is leaves it quite open to whether or not he survived or not. And what was what I find hilarious about that story is if myth is if rumor is true, he was writing the story about this adventure in the wilderness. I believe the wilderness of Alaska, but definitely in a winter wilderness while he was sitting on the beaches of Hawaii. <laughs> so, with that, I'm kicking this over to Fedora. Yeah, well, he was in the uh, Gold Rush, the 97 Gold Rush to Alaska. And that, of course, is the setting for his most famous stories, including To Build a Fire. And let me tell you folks out there, if you want to learn how to write description that makes people feel something... I dare you to come away from reading to build a fire and not be shivering. Yes. It is just so cold. And the guy is really stupid. So you yes. can't, it's, it's stupid of him to be out in the cold and, and he's just willful and dumb and he doesn't have enough matches or anything. But you've got to love him by the end of it anyway because it's almost certain that he's going to die and it will be from this bitter, bitter cold that freezes your breath the minute it comes out of your mouth. And real quick, I just want to tie into that. I'm coming over to you, Ryan, next. And that is, first off, that's why I find it so humorous that he's sitting on the beach, on a beach somewhere where it's nice and warm writing about that being cold. He had to use his imagination. He, he really did. He does. His so memory. His he memory from there. it. Mm-hmm. But also, to speaking as a Boy Scout and Eagle Scout and now, some other aspects of war and survival. This guy definitely, the character was definitely shooting for a Darwin Award. You're absolutely right. He was really stupid. And with that, over to you, Ryan. I was just, just going to say, I completely agree. I remember reading How to Build a Fire, and, and yeah, I was shivering. My, my teeth were chattering, and I was in New Mexico, you know. And it wasn't quite the beaches of Hawaii, but uh, it was still. Still pretty warm, and um, I think I think there's nothing wrong. There's a dog in it that survives. In the um, second, definitely in the second one. I don't remember as the first one. I think you um, might be confusing it with Light Fang or uh, no, no, it, no, no, no. There, there is in the Fire. Yeah, the dog gets to the point where he's like, at least the way I, way I read it and I always remembered. Dog had the impression, you know what, human, you're an idiot. I'm walking away. I'm going to try to survive this thing. You, 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 you try to build a fire underneath a tree that's got snow on it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Back to you, Ryan. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys are completely right. Description is, is great. I feel like as a writer, that's one of my goals is I don't want to write just a film with the things. Um, I want to write. So that the description I'm putting down on page absolutely translates to real feeling from the readers of So he's a great person to set that. So. I'm going to, unless someone else has something to say about Jack Ryan, I will get Jack Ryan. Hello! Jack London. <laughs> yes, I did go there. I heard myself do that. Um, Jack London was born. January 12th, 1876, died November 22nd, 1916. I want to jump gears to writing about adventure. 
Unless anyone has anything they want to plug to Jack Ryan real fast. Jack Ryan? Jack <laughs> Okay, okay, from now on, from now on, we're now turning this into a drinking game. Every time I screw up the author's name like that, I, I, ha- I, I, I really do have Tom Clancy on my mind, which that's because of something I'm writing right now. Jack London, not Jack Ryan. Every time I do that, please take a drink. Okay, so... What is adventure stories? How are they different from thrillers? Over to you. Well, I'll, I'll go back to uh, Jack London. Okay, <laughs> first. His most famous book is Call of the Wild. Yes. And it could very well be written about a person. The thing which sets it apart from almost anything else that I know about is that it's an adventure story which features... The dog is a hero. And the dog fulfills all of the camel's steps when you think about it. He starts out, his name is Buck, and he's a he's a hybrid. He's a, he's a wolf dog. Yeah. No, not a wolf dog. I he's thought he was. Okay. St. Bernard and German Shepherd, I suppose. Oh. Something like that. Because he starts out in California. Oh. He doesn't start out in the wilderness. But he gets dog napped. <laughs> By people who need him and can get a lot of money for him in uh, up in, in the Yukon. You see, horses and mules did not do well in the Yukon. It was too cold for them. They would not survive. But dogs, going back to the way the early American Indians traveled things, it was by dog, not by horse or mule. That came somewhat later. Yep. So he gets dog napped sent there, where he is most abominably treated, very cruelly, by a whole series of people, and yet finds a master who is kind to him, defeats another dog in order to become leader of the pack, and outlives the master as well, to become the solo hero of the piece. So it's it's this story which imitates the Campbell steps, and it's great. Uh, two things that I'm popping over to Ryan. Um, I did just look it up because I, I was like, Jen, I thought this was a wolf dog. Yeah, I, I just wanted to check it. And I did, according to what I'm looking at, it was a wolf dog hybrid. Now, I don't know what the hybrid was, but because I don't remember it. It's been so long since I read it. But anyway, and just real cabbage head thing. Um, Fedora's right. It follows the Campbell rules. And what if you don't know what we mean by that, that's what I'm cabbage heading here. The hero's, the hero's journey. Is what she's talking about, Joseph Campbell. Um, over to you, Ryan. Um, I think back to your original question yeah. about the difference between thriller and adventure. I think it's mainly two things. I think one is pacing, uh, how how the writer paces the story after that's after. Um, and then the other thing I think is seriousness. But I think adventure is a little more lightheartedness. Thriller is a little more serious as you see, you know, like. The stakes are it is true. Yes, pacing is a. Uh, you definitely want to keep a, a rapid pace for both a thriller and an adventure story. Although the uh, the the tone, I'm I'm going to redefine into the um, the stakes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. While the tone is often more lighthearted for an adventure story, 
It doesn't have to be. There are adventure stories that feel very dangerous. Um, I think the stakes between a thriller story and an adventure story is is mostly in the, the case of danger to the protagonist. Like, the protagonist gets himself into danger on an adventure story and braves things on an adventure story versus a thriller where he survives things. Stuff is trying to kill him or his family members, and there's a fear element to it in terms of trying to, of how you feel the, the danger to the protagonist is being portrayed versus in an adventure story, which are there for a rollicking time, and you might laugh, you might cry, you might be afraid, but the point of it is to entertain instead of the point of it being to, uh, to excite in a more, you know, frightening, dangerous to the audience type way. I like it. Over to you. Yes, I would certainly agree with that. I think that they're characterized by having incidents which come pretty fast on the heels of one another and escalate, getting bigger each time as you go through. So that, uh, and, and it is, the matter of tone as to whether you're supposed to be scared by these various events or whether the characters that are important to you are rarely scathed by anything. Take, for example, the Fast and Furious uh, <laughs> <laughs> franchise. Good example. Yes. They start out with a big chase to begin with. All of them do, I think. Uh-huh. They start out with a big chase, and a lot of cars get mashed up, and this and that and the other. But then they have to keep getting bigger and bigger every time. And they do until there are submarines that come up through the ice, and yeah. all kinds of bizarre things. So that they keep escalating, and yet, Vin Diesel never had a scratch on him. Maybe a little smudge of dirt on his forehead, that's about it. So that the main character's not really in danger, as far as you can tell, even though they go through fire and ice. So is that a useful definition in adventure stories? The main characters, at least for the most part, be considered safe. Whereas thrillers, there's actually some real danger, or at least you're supposed to. No, think it might be. I no, I wouldn't say so. I, I'd say it was in, in proportion. You know, largely in danger for a thriller, uh, pointedly in danger for an adventure story, because that's not what you're. That's not the point of the story. Is not to endanger the audience. It's to thrill and excite the audience, and it's more. It's thrilling and exciting to be afraid, but not all the time. <laughs> And with that, I'm going to, uh, I'm borrowing from a website, Institute for Writers, and they've got three elements of an adventure, which I look at it going, yeah, I guess Steve Thriller be having also elements, the same elements shared, but I think there is a difference here. And that is, and first off, their first one is, adventure stories are journeys from the expected to the unexpected. Well, I can think of thrillers that take that same type of journey. Um... Of course, yeah. You know, so before I have got Tom Clancy on the mind a lot right now. So pretty much any of the Jack Ryan uh, novels would fall into that. So and yes, I used Jack Ryan's once correctly there. I admit stop, that. Stop um, drinking. Yes, <laughs> you don't have to drink on that one. Anyway, um, that's a possibility. But let's take a look at the next one real fast, which is a scroll down to it. I went too far. Yep, there's adventure stories contain an element of risk. Okay, you can say the same thing about thrillers. Mm-hmm. And the final one is, in adventure stories, the risk changes and often escalates during the story and in response to the character's actions. Meaning, so let's take a look at 
Oh, I don't know. You can pick any kind of Custler, but since we're talking about Jack London, Jack, yeah, Jack London, yeah, I got it right. <laughs> Jack London today, let's take a look at the famous short story, Lying a Fire. The character was an idiot, but every time he did something which proved to be stupid, his risk kept on escalating. It was directly in relationship to what he was doing. Um, let me throw out a thriller aspect. Let me jump over to Angels and Demons by oh, why did um, Dan Brown? I, thank you. I had the I had the character's name instead of the author's name in my head. Like wrong name. Get rid of it. Whereas his um, the dangers to the characters there were a human response. Even though, yes, you could argue that it was being done in direct relationship to, to the characters turning out the puzzle, it was more or less the humans were responding versus nature or the elements around. Go Could for you it. Clarify that a bit. Yeah, I know. I know. I made it muddy. Unfortunately, I didn't mean to. I, are you? Uh, tell me if I'm misinterpreting. Uh-huh. Is it? Is it implying that an adventure story is um, a character? Who gets into things, and a thrilling a thriller story is a character that gets out of things. No, because things had because your one is driven by character action and decision, and the other one is about survival and things happening to the character that's beyond their control. See, here's where I think thriller and adventure gets mixed up together. So I'm going to. Does anybody? I'm double checking something. Does anybody have a response besides me? I know that's what we're waiting on. Okay, there's thriller and adventure. Wonder what happened to Brad. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Brad, we've lost him. Um, thriller. Okay, how do we do here? So thrillers are typically less on the action and more on tension. Mm. Whereas action store action adventures are more on the action instead of the not so much hanging on the thrills. Um, so the potential of the bomb going off versus surviving the explosions. Yeah, exactly. So I like yeah, that. that's so good. Perfect example. Let's let's go to the to the master of the thriller himself, the master of suspense, Alfred Hitchcock, and the one movie he was always ribbed about. Which is where the kid has got the bomb, and you actually know the kid's got the bomb. You're what you like? Oh my god! Please don't let that bomb go off. Don't let that bomb go off. And actually, in this one movie, it does go off, right? As the kid's holding it. But the thriller aspect of that was we know the dangers there. The character does not know the dangers there, and we, as the audience, are wanting to yell at the book or the movie in this case. Get rid of it. Get out of there. Get do whatever. The an action adventure. I only saw the fat first of Fast and Furious, so I'm not going to go there. But an action story would be. We know the character's deep underwater. He is running out of oxygen. Can he make it to the surface in time? The character knows he's in danger. He's trying to get out of it. I, that's how I'm going to break it down. I could be wrong. Feel free to argue. Go for it. Don't want to argue. Just want to say that in a thriller, uh, one of the key ingredients is suspense. 
and that has to be carefully developed and yes. generally is going to uh, take up a lot of time that in an action-adventure is going to be action-adventure. Yeah, the pace changes. The pace is fast. Yeah. Faster. I was going to actually, Fedora just touched on something. I don't think it's a matter of the character's knowledge. If the person knows that the bomb is going to go off, it can still be a thriller if the audience is waiting to see if the bomb will be diffused. But the point is the tension is the build-up to seeing if something is going to happen or is not going to happen versus the gunfights and the big explosions going off all around you. It's, I think the key to, between thriller and adventure is probably the tension and the suspense. Okay, I can go with that. And it's also important to remember with these genre discussions that <laughs> yes. basically any genre discussion is a librarian discussion or a bookseller discussion. Yeah. It's like, where do we put this book? Sometimes you'll pick a book up and you'll be like, is this thriller or is this adventure? And, you know, it could be six of one, half dozen of the other. The question is, where is the fan who will enjoy it going to find it? And the problem you run into, and I'm glad, Jen, you brought that up, when we're trying to separate action versus thriller is you have the subgenre, lack of a better way of saying that, where they're mashed, yeah. the action thriller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, wait, how do I split this into which part's action and which part's thriller? Because uh, we could, they, they could make the most suspenseful Fast and the Furious movie in the history of the world, Yeah, but you know that the fan of the Fast and the Furious movies are going to go to the adventure section to find it. Right. So you shelve it there anyway. It's uh, and some people suffer from that. Some authors, I'm, I'll bring up one of my my most despised uh, shelving trends in in bookstores is the uh, the the black author's shelf, yeah. or just because a black person wrote it, it all goes on one shelf. Even though fans of that book might find it in the mystery section, or the action adventure section, or the memoir section, but they decided to categorize it in that way because they were specifically aiming toward people who were interested in that demographic of author. Yeah, um, I found this in a non... I would be more annoyed about that as an author if I was pigeonholed because, I, you know, I was if I was in women's fiction or I'd written something else that wasn't especially women's fiction at all because it's like, my fans aren't actually going to that part of the show. Exactly. One of, but... Uh, I was just thinking it was, oh, who would it? She wrote um, the uh, Suki Stackhouse Mysteries. And, yeah, uh, Charlotte. Uh, uh, Charlotte Harris. Harris. Charlotte Harris. Harris, thank you. I don't yeah. know if it's still being done, but I was at the local library. Her Suki Stackhouses and also another series that had nothing whatsoever to do with mysteries was in the mystery section. Hmm. And it's like, wait a minute, someone's going to pick up her book and find vampires and supernatural and put it down because they are expecting a mystery story. And there's no mystery in this one. So what's going on here? <laughs> right. Or there's a mystery. It's second to the paranormal. Exactly. Go ahead, Ryan. Oh, I was just thinking, like, you guys were going on about Thriller and Adventure. Um, my, my novella, The Great Isle Sale, is I, I consider it like a fantasy thriller. And whatever writing it, um, it's its own sort of beast. Um, it's, it's different from anything I've ever written because uh, there's an edge of your seat, there's an excitement to it, there's there's a drive, there's an air of mystery and danger, high stakes. Um, 
but so from a writing perspective, it's very different from, you know, the traditional fantasy I typically write, or, or even, I don't know, like high fantasy or, or anything else, because there's a danger, there's a drive, there's stakes, um, and um, it moves very long. Sure. Um, to get us back on the topic of uh, writing adventure stories, uh-huh. uh, let's talk about, to put the audience in the frame of mind since we've thoroughly confused them about what <laughs> it takes or what, what defines an adventure story, what are some of the most iconic adventure stories that we know of, that we've read, or that we consider to be the top examples of adventure stories by any author? My Side of the Mountain, um, that's an action one. Uh-huh. Um, Three Musketeers. Three Musketeers. Right there. Three Musketeers, the entire Scarlet Pimpernel series. If you haven't read it, please go fix that. Um, that's by Baroness Oakstree, if I'm probably mispronouncing her name. But anyway. Um, how, Zorro. Zorro. All the all of the clones. Yeah, all the different clones. Zorro, as you said. All the pirate books. Yeah. There's um I had one of my uh, Horatio Hornblower. Uh-huh. All of those. And all of those clones which include the Sharp Adventures by Bernard Cromwell, um, as well as Honor Harrington, written by David Weber, which is a science fiction version of that. Um, go ahead. Robert Louis Stevenson's Oh yes. Then there's the um, aerodrome the adventure. <laughs> or the um, Iron Horse. Iron Horseman. I would stories. call them a steampunk adventure stories. Yeah. It has it's world globe trotting and discovering ancient uh, relics and locations and and mm-hmm. all, ancient peoples that have been undiscovered before and new and interesting mm-hmm. characters and villains. Uh, yeah, that's a Brad Cook's books are definitely adventure stories for middle for middle grade YA. Um, Jules Verne, Jules Verne, like definitely science fiction adventures. Mm-hmm. Arthur C. Clarke's The Lost World, um, that series Tarzan technically mm-hmm. would fall into this by Edgar Rice Burroughs. Um, let's see here, where are some other ones I'm racking? Tarzan brain. would definitely fall under that. Does, oh yeah, it doesn't have to be good book to be a good adventure. Ow! Edgar is rolling over in his grave. And the entire city of Tarzana, which, from what I understand, didn't know that's what they were named after, are also rolling over. I don't think they'd care much if they didn't understand what they were named after. Yeah, I know. I'm teasing. Um, a lot of the Westerns that we've, and we've talked about Westerns in the past, are based on the adventure style of story. Is another one. Yes. Like the Magnificent Seven, for example. Yes. All the Magnificent Seven. Or the original The Seven yeah. Samurai. Into Samurai yeah. stories yeah. as well. Take a lot of Samurai stories. Um, yeah. Go even further back, would you consider The Journey to the West to be an adventure story? It's like, that's yeah. that's almost considered a religious book. It's, uh, it's the cornerstone of, um, of, of Shinto, like the, the Journey oh, to the West with... Um, I'm thinking of the wrong, wrong book. Okay. Let's go to ancient Greece. We have the Iliad and the Odyssey. Yeah, Iliad and the Odyssey definitely were original adventures. All your Norse sagas, a lot of the, a lot of the mythology stories from any of the cultures that are out there has some type of adventure to it. Um, be it, say, thinking of the Greeks for a second, Jason and the Argonauts, 
to the Native American um, Hiawatha story. Yes. And so there's a lot I'm, yeah. I'm leaving this out. Is, this is a great list we've compiled, for sure. Um, and now, now I'm trying to look at what we have, what we've listed and thinking about what all these various different things from different parts of the world, different parts of time will have in common to help define the genre and, and ways to better your own adventure stories by observing these things. And I would say, number one, I'm going to just tie in and then pop it over to Fedora. Number one, borrowing from Fedora earlier is the Campbell elements, or otherwise known as the hero's journey. And there's also a heroine journey out there as well. Look it up. Heroines so, can also go on the hero's journey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hero- I'm not sexist here. Yeah, there's no sexism no. there, but I'd say there is a heroism. There's a heroine journey that's slightly different than Campbell's hero's journey, and that and it doesn't matter what the sex of a character is. It well, also falls into that. Yeah. Probably usually ends with them getting married. No, <laughs> it, it is different. Go ahead. Well, I think there's a moral dimension to this because the heroes are the ones that we want people to emulate. Because they are whatever they are. Brave, for example. Or intelligent. They embody characteristics that we value. And that's an important part of any hero's journey. And I think it's a very important part of any uh, adventure story. And I'm going to say, though, I'm going to slightly disagree with you on that. Not in general, because, yes, that's quite frequently the case, but you can turn it on your head, just like Jack London did with Lighting a Fire, where you had an idiot, and you're like, this guy should, will not survive in the wilderness. Go ahead. Well, in, in ancient Greece and Rome, heroes were not necessarily good people. No. They, were rare, they were often not good people. The point was that the story taught you something. Right. So, you know, Hercules uh, murdered his entire family in a God-induced fit of rage. And had to, and that's not something we want people to emulate, but we can learn from his experience by watching him deal with that problem. Hercules was a morally, uh, morally upright character that was toyed with by the gods, but he wasn't all that bright. <laughs> no, Heracles or Hercules, depending on which phrase you want to use. Yeah, he was more of a strong man archetype. Well, he took his job very seriously, though, very much so. and performed his his twelve leg moves. Right, so uh-huh. and they were very difficult labors to perform, and therefore magnificent in their own right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Over to you, Ryan. Um, I th- I think it's interesting. I don't know from a guy who writes fantasy, you guys are, are going on more mythological, you know, fantastical stories. Um, because for me, I always thought, uh, when I think of adventure, I think of more realism. Uh huh. Um, when I think of stuff like Jack London, I think of more modern. Uh, you know, uh, what realism pieces. Um, I don't know. Well, I, I kind of want to get your guys' take. Like, do you, I mean, you hear adventure stories? Do you, do you think more realism in the modern, or do you think, I don't know? Go towards the fantastic. When I, I'm going to do it first, I'm going to pop it over to Jen next. Um, you're right. Usually, when you hear of a term adventure stories, it's something either set in a historic aspect. Like a lot of Robert Louis Stevenson's um, books were, for example, The Black Arrow. I'll throw that one out right fast. Um, or they're set in modern day 
But adventure stories themselves lend themselves to... I can't think of a genre which they don't lend themselves. Actually, I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking where there's there's a sense of adventure in most of the genres, and there's a complete mashup. Go for it. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm the opposite. I don't automatically think of of historic or realistic things. Like, sure, when you say action adventure movies, then yeah, the thought comes to like the Fast and Furious and car movies and spy movies and things like that. Mm-hmm. But even in uh, action adventure style in that way there's an element of the fantastic because I think a big portion of adventure is the discovery of the unknown and facing of the unknown so I usually think of an adventure story like Indiana Jones there's definitely aspects of Indiana Jones that starts as the definition was uh, was read off earlier in this episode with the common, you know, mm-hmm. he's in a world that we recognize, he's facing an enemy we understand, whether it's Nazis or Russians or whatever movie you're watching. But he usually touches on something supernatural when he's on that adventure. Mm-hmm. Whether it's uh, it's priests ripping the still-beating hearts out of men and casting them into a pit of fire, or whatever we found in the Crystal Skull. I mean, it's it, there's an adventure... The adventure involves discovering something that is unknown, and for me, the unknown usually leans toward a sci-fi or fantasy type. Uh, It's just funny that uh, there is a whole lot of realistic action-adventure. Realism is kind of in quotes there. But on the other hand, most superhero movies are also action-adventure movies. It's true. As well as the comic books themselves they come from. Yeah. Action comics. Yeah. One of the first Superman story ones. Yep. I'm trying to think of a recent superhero movie that wasn't also an action adventure movie. So let me ask everybody here, um, what is your favorite action author besides Jack London? Does anyone have any? I am prejudiced. (laughs) I admit. Um, There are two top, there are three tops actually. No, four tops. Okay, Baroness Oldstreet, as I mentioned before, that's the Scarlet Pimpernel. There is um, Alexander Dumas, Three Musketeers, The Count of Monte Cristo, etc., etc., etc. Clive Klusler, I mentioned that before. I like his stories, or did like his stories before he started becoming like James Patterson and letting other people write his stories all the time. <laughs> And the final one, and this is why I'm prejudiced, and I admit it, is Robert Louis Stevenson. Why mm-hmm. am I prejudiced? Well, I'm act. Well, really, my dad. I'm named after my dad. Mm-hmm. My dad was named after two of my grandmother's favorite characters from a Robert Louis Louis Stevenson novel. Huh. So, yeah, there's that. Okay, over to Ryan. I was going to say Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton's a good one, too. Yep. What's your favorite of his? Oh, gosh, that's hard. Um, I, I don't know, like, I don't know. I, I didn't really like 13th Warrior. Which one? 13th Warrior. Oh, 13th Warrior. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, based yeah. on Viking uh, Saga. Again, because I don't like my, my vein of stuff, so, um, I enjoy kind of, like, the cultural mashup and, and uh, what they make of um, this monster like the village. Kind of Beowulf past and uh-huh. I don't know. It's the sort of stuff I like to read. Cool. 
And, my, and Michael Crichton's a good example of a mashup constantly because he's mostly science fiction slash adventure. Mm-hmm. What about anyone else? Next. <laughs> yeah, all my favorite authors end up doing mashups so much that it's like not all of their books will be classed action adventure, but uh-huh. certain ones of them would. So I'm not sure if I actually have a favorite action adventure okay. author. Um, over to either Fedora and Jen. Well, I, d- I don't want to talk about that, but I will say I don't want to talk about that. Fine. Wow. Topic kicked no, aside. Wow. Keep moving on. Go ahead. You want to get somebody else? I do have something I want to say about something. Go ahead. Uh, I'll let uh, Jen go first then. Okay. Go for I it. I don't know. It's, uh, I'm sort of with Melanie that I'm having a hard time because I, I, I haven't grouped my authors into what genre they write because so many of them write in various genres. Uh-huh. I've... Uh, I've currently been reading a whole lot of Terry Pratchett, and he's got a whole... One of his uh, protagonists is mostly adventure. Um, Vines? No, that's police procedural. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I would call Rincewood adventure. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. and, and, of course, you know, um, Cohen the Barbarian is adventure. But it's... Uh, but then, like, I, I'm also... Uh, a, I would... Could, call Madeline Lingle adventure stories. Uh-huh. Even though they're very much fantasy and sci-fi, they're all about going new places and discovering things and saving people. So I have a hard time saying what my favorite uh, action writer is, but I enjoy the action elements of all of the fantasy, mystery, and sci-fi authors that I like to read. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Fedora, kick the can away and take the ball somewhere else. <laughs> I was going to say that uh, I believe that the main appeal of action adventure is that it is action and adventure. Because most of us live, let's face it, kind of ordinary lives. We go to work, we sleep in a bed, we uh, eat regular meals. But in action adventure, they seldom eat. Have you noticed that? They they never eat anything. Is that because... Eating and going to the bathroom yes, and all that stuff. Ordinary stuff. Yeah, it's like it's ordinary. Why, why bother? There's no ha- nothing happening there. unless you're a lawyer in Jurassic Park, the first movie in the book. That was I have never seen so an audience clap so hard for a lawyer's death than in that movie. <laughs> uh, well, we get to escape. However, yeah. brief a time for. For our own psyche. We get to stop being us for a while uh-huh. and go out on wonderful adventures that are perfectly safe because well, we're not going to get killed if the cars crash, no right. matter what. Or we're not going to get stabbed by an Ottoman Turk. We are going to survive it perfectly well. So it is a stress-free, risk-free way of escaping our homegrown existence for at least a little while. Exactly. Any other thoughts on action and adventure as we bring this one to a close? Yes, over to you, Ryan. Uh, you know, kind of what Fedora was saying, um, it's the same, same reason I enjoy reading action or action matchup stuff. Um, just, I was thinking more about it. One of my favorites is uh, Casanova's The Historian. Um, it's my favorite vampire books. And, you know, you start off with it seems like, you know, the same kind of, Oxford, and you get swept off to 
all of their guilt and vampires and and you walk into those woods and look through it. Action is nice, but it keeps you where you are and transports and it's something that I've always really appreciated. Real quick again, Ryan, what was that book or bad series? Could you could you race? Could you restate what you just said? Just enunciate really loudly into your microphone. The historian. Okay. By who? Like, I forget her first name, but you'll find it. Uh, it came out maybe last decade. It's really good. Okay. And with that, we're going to end this episode. Tune in next week for yet another interesting topic in the writing industry. Share this with your friends and. If you listen to us on YouTube, subscribe there. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Vlog Talk, I am going to be pulling the plug on that one and moving it, so just keep watching our advertisements on Facebook and the other social medias. Please tell us what you think. Take care. Bye-bye. The new theme songs for Right Pack Radio were written and performed by Meredith Tate. All copyrights remain with her.